So up this week on the Republic of Work podcast, I'm delighted to say that we have Helen Witcherly, the president of Network Ireland. Welcome, Helen. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, So for the random one or two, I'm going to say probably random one or two men (laughs) who are listening to the podcast, give us an idea about um, about Network Ireland and, and maybe a little bit about your background. Yeah. Uh, Network Ireland, so we are Ireland's leading female-focused business network. So we have 15 branches around the country and we've been established since 1983. And we have 1,200 members and it's all the individuals who are members, whether they're business owners or employees, entrepreneurs, sole traders, and they range across industries across the country. And we support the professional and personal development of women. Myself personally, uh, my family business is the Celtic Ross Hotel in West Carberry, West Cork. Good old West Cork. Thank you. And the Marina Commercial Park in Cork City. And by qualification, I'm a chartered accountant, but I once I qualified, I joined the family business working with my father. And subsequently, my husband joined two and a half years ago. You always find that, like, in the end of the day, there's, there's no better... I guess the, I always say if you're joining a family business, it's always good to either be an accountant or a lawyer. You know, there's a skill set in. I always find it funny, actually, whenever you talk to um, American entrepreneurs in particular, the amount of American entrepreneurs that when you look into their their college backgrounds, it's always law and accountancy. You know, that mm. that that uh, I guess that um, that basic skill set you get, you'll yeah. never you'll never, you know. You'll it, never lose that. Exactly. Like. It'll never go out of fashion. Yeah. It'll always stand to you. Yeah. And it's fantastic yeah. and Stay, development. Staying uh, staying out of jail and making sure you're making enough money, uh, they'll always be uh, on vogue. Exactly. And it means uh, if it didn't work out with the family business, I was always employable. It's a very interesting... I mean, look, I, I have to be, of course, the bias. I'm from West Cork, you know, so I'm more than aware of the fantastic hotel down in Ross Carberry. Um has the has the family have you always been you've always had those both interests at at we call them either side of the county have you you've always the, been involved mm, in the property business in Cork and in West Cork yes initially it started with holiday cottages in yeah. Ross Carberry which my mum ran yeah. we grew up in Dublin and they were around from up there but my father's from Ross Carberry they're around as long as I'm around. Yeah which I'm not going to tell you how long that is. <laughs> and then, but the commercial property is the, the main part of no. the business. And then the hotel opened 22 years wow. ago now. Uh, again, in Ross Carby, which is where my father yeah. is from, uh, in order to, he was in a position to be able to uh, pr- build a business there yeah. in Ross Carby and support the local community, yeah. which we very much do to this oh, day. Absolutely. I'm sure at this stage I have... I have this very. I've. I've. I've uh, come from a very large West Cork family, so <laughs> I think we've about thirty-one or thirty-two first cousins. I'm sure at least six of my first cousins have gotten married there. Now we we must be heading. Yeah. If we do ten, do we get uh, one free or something? It's uh, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, but yes, uh, your surname is quite popular, shall we Just say, it down in West that Cork? Way. Yes. Um, but I mean, actually, so I mean, I suppose going back to 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 Network Ireland, I mean, my 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 first experience was. I suppose, you know, as, as when I came back to Cork years and years ago and when I was looking at the networking organisations here in Cork, like very quickly, you know, you you start looking into anything and you very quickly come across Network Cork here in terms of um, 
in terms of probably being one of the one of the, probably the strongest and most active networking organization in Cork. Um, and you know, just just very involved and very interesting in terms of the breadth of events. It isn't just about we have another you know kind of committee meeting this this month. You know, there's always um, there's always kind of value in what you do, and you always like, get these great speakers and stuff. I mean, wh- how did I guess you were you were talking there about like I didn't realize obviously that that Network Ireland and stuff went back that long, but like how active. Or I guess how long has Network Cork maybe been around or like what was the... Okay, so the Cork branch would largest branch okay. and within County Cork there's also the West Cork branch which was established a year and a half ago okay. and in fact is um, nearly the second largest branch or oh. third largest branch in the country. So between the Cork and West Cork we have nearly a third or a quarter of the um, national membership. I, I was about to say, and, um, is it a quarter or a third of the votes? No. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, but I mean, like yourself, when I yeah. moved back to Cork to join the family business because I was working in Dublin, I didn't have any network in Cork City. Mm. And it, like you, I looked in and researched and see uh, what was best suited for me. And I did find the Network Ireland Cork branch and I went to one of their events. And what was different about it was the immediate support you felt from the women, the welcome you felt, the the just the vibrancy of everyone that you met and they're all, all like-minded women in business which I wouldn't have had from a business perspective a little bit different to what a lot of other people um, do. So by joining that branch and by joining Network Ireland I found what I call my tribe yeah. and the Cork branch has been um, established it's um, I can't remember the exact year now to establish, I think maybe 19... 19- 89 possibly so so. it is around a long time and one of the initial members of Network Ireland would have been from Cork as well so um, it has been around a long time and yeah the events are are fantastic they really are Um, they are motivational inspirational there's workshop focused events they um, you know non-members can also attend Uh, it's it's very open everyone is coming from a similar background you know and When even down to uh, starting your own business, I know a lot of members have started their own business because they've been a member of Network Ireland and they know that they've got the support there. They've got similar women who've done similar things that they can call on for advice and to know what they've gone through and to get support from them. You know, practical and emotional support. So you'll always find somebody yeah. there to who's done it and to help you it's one of the things actually I suppose that, like you know looking in at it from the sidelines it is one of the things I absolutely I suppose I'm envious of of the network in the sense that you always see that whether it's um, you know whether it's a kind of I guess whether it's a somebody opening up a new business mm. here in Cork or whether it's you know a big milestone for a business you can always see that like you know on that day you will see the 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 women of Cork rally around that person, and like straight away, you know that it's Network Cork yeah. are in and there. You yeah, know, yeah, because you you'd from yeah, it. Course, yeah. I don't think the coffee you served me has kicked in yeah. quite yet. Um, but you know, you are meeting women who are the same as you. Yeah, 
and who are driven like you, but who also have the same challenges like you. Yeah. So you can relate to it and you can understand and mm. they get you and they get what you're trying to do yeah. with your business. Whether you're an employee or a business owner, a third of our membership across the country would be employees at all levels. Yeah. And the rest are entrepreneurs or SME owners and all sides of SMEs mm. as well. I want to go back to something you mentioned there earlier, because you, when you were talking about, you know, the the first, I guess, the first meeting that you went to, I'm I'm trying to put myself in in your shoes and think about, you know, the business you're in, the property business, and I mean, you know, you, we'd probably list it in, you know, the top three most male centric industries really in Ireland in the past, you know what I mean, and and thinking back, you know, there there is that there is those you know particular industries and particular networks and particular groups. You know, the reality is, is, is you know, they they were very male focused. Um, and, and I suppose it's it, like when you when you're talking there about that level of support that the members get from each other, I can't but help think that, you know, it is it's one of the downfall, I think, of of a lot of the, the more and I, I don't say the more male centric, but I say maybe more the more mainstream networking thing is that a lot of it is built on kind of a an older way of thinking about networking where it's less about emotional support and it's more about you know we'll trade sales leads and we'll trade we'll trade hard facts and hard information but like behind the scenes you know that 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 emotional support is is i mean i know as as i guess as somebody who started their own business i see that an awful lot and as somebody who i suppose interacts with a lot of startups that in an awful lot of cases the support that somebody needs, yes, they need a bit of guidance and help and stuff, but it's it's feeling like we're not in this on our own, and maybe that that that's maybe a failing. I think of and it, it's hard to say it's a failing, but it's one of the the things I always recognise when it comes to when you look at at the more female friendly and female focused networking groups. It's it's support across multiple levels. It's support around business help and ideas. But it's also making them, as you said, making them feel like they're not the only one kind of taking on the world and they're not the first person to have this challenge in business, you know, and that, you know, if they get if they get that strange letter from the revenue commissioner, you know, you're not the only one who ever got that. You know, there's 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 ways and means around this. I always remember um, uh, listening to I spoke at an event in, in Dublin last year with um, Marissa Carter from from uh, Coco Brown at it. And she tells this this sad but amazing story about you know her her original business the um, the beauty clinic business or the tanning business I think she had and how she got into all you know because she was doing it on her own and she had no kind of mentors or she had nobody helping her out she had a whole um, she had a very good year but she didn't understand any of this like tax stuff or any of that sort of stuff and she was telling the story about how you know when I think she was. How she was going off to meet the revenue was how does this whole thing having a baby in Jing actually work like you know and it was the fact that you know her husband was kind of saying to her no that's like not how this works and as she said afterwards you know she came out and she started talking to more more women in her community and more women in it and then she kind of realised no it was never going to get to that you know once when she put her hands up and she said I'm going to fix this but sometimes you know you, you, you find that that men are more likely to kind of just pig-headedly plow through stuff do you know what I mean and and because women think about and plan stuff actually better and at a higher level sometimes that makes them that little bit more risk averse you know and I, I sometimes mm. think they're their worst enemy almost 
Uh, I certainly believe we are our own worst enemy in that yeah. regard. We do overthink things yeah. and and think through things. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. But when it can hold us back from availing uh, of opportunities yeah. that present themselves, then in some ways we're doing a disservice to ourselves. And that's... Uh, comes down a little bit to confidence and not having the confidence within ourselves to step up and take on the the challenges um, and meet them head on because from my experience from our membership of Network Ireland and all the members that I meet across the country they are exceptionally capable they have the expertise they know what they're doing and the a common theme can be the confidence yeah. and uh, and just not putting them forward enough like my theme this year for Network Ireland and for yeah. our national conference taking place at the end of this month is step up yeah. you know and that's it's, it's not about that we suddenly have to start doing more it's being it's doing what it is you want to do it's turning off that little part of your brain which keeps thinking and going oh god I can't do that or keep thinking of all the different scenarios is turning off that part of your brain and just doing it yeah. and saying yes not oh maybe you know or uh, I'll think about it it's, mm. it's saying yes and then yeah you'll go and figure it out but you do get a, a bit of an adrenaline rush just saying yes yeah. and just going fresh and yes you'll be panicked um, and nervous and, and that's normal but when you have the skills when you have the support from your other network members you can do it and you can get through it mm. and that's what the, the stepping up is about and and I do feel we have a responsibility um, the, the members of Network Ireland and stage we're at, we have a responsibility to lead and inspire others yeah. and the younger generation coming after us. That's, they that's need to see us doing more of what it is we're doing. Yeah, because that's the one, the one piece of confidence you'd always have is that you know, a lot of these changes, it is generational. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You'd love, you know, we, we, we'd love if it all, if everything got fixed today and if tomorrow you know we had equality on company boards and we had in in my case I'd probably prefer a little bit weighted towards your gender because <laughs> I just that'd be my own personal opinion but the reality is is everything we do the one thing it is helping is it's that next generation you know I mean I I, I look at um, I actually I, I live down start of the year I've, I get the bus in every morning because it's just so much more convenient than, than actually having to drive in and like what I love is I love watching all the school kids getting on the bus because you have every nationality, every ethnicity, and sure none of them, none of them are even taking the slightest bit of attention to it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, all the grown ups, you know, we're all very conscious of race and color and all this sort of stuff. And the hope is, is that that ne the next generation say, you know, if if we do a great job of inspiring young women to become entrepreneurs, mm. you know, we might not fix it for this generation, but we'll, we'll damn sure do a good job for the next generation. We were talking, uh, I suppose, before we started, about, you know, that, that, that example that I think always sums up the men and women thing completely, which is, you know, when you're reading the job advert, do you know what I mean? And this fabulous dream job that, that a, a man and a woman are looking at. And, you know, it says under the, you know, here's what the person will do in the job. And then here's the requirements, you know, here's the desired requirements for the job. And like, you know, there'll be 10 listed there. And if a man can fool himself into thinking that he has one or two of them, the CV will go in for the job. Whereas, 
you know, if a woman has nine of them and if the third one is must speak, would, you know, would be desirable if they spoke three European languages, the woman will go, oh God, no, they'll be looking for somebody else. And I mean, is that, is that part of it that the, the, to date, the, the world has kind of rewarded the kind of, the men who will kind of fake it till they make it. And that, Mm. that, that's not something that, that, the women have been as as eager to partake in. Yeah, well, if uh, all the men out there are, you know, faking it across the board, eventually they're going to <laughs> fall flat on their face, and yeah. the women will be right there to sweep it all up and uh, and take control and take over the world, yeah. which we are doing step by step. Step by step. And um, yeah, I certainly feel we need to if you. If you're worried about the confidence, just fake oh. it because nobody's going to know and you might have knots in your stomach, yeah. but just fake it. Because I think, and, I uh, think the, one of the challenges is, I think if they, if they, appre- if, if the women out there appreciated how much the men are, are faking the confidence to a certain degree, mm. you know, and may, as I said, maybe it is just the thing that the faking the confidence bit comes easier. But I think in particular, I see it all the time with, with the younger businesses and the startups, do you know, that... You know, a lot of, you know, in, in the the challenge with a lot of startup businesses is, of course, it's the amount of pure unknowns that are out mm. there. And it's the amount of, well, we're going to go this way and then at some point we're going to have to reverse and come back and, and that sort of um, that sort of momentum. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, for for men, because maybe they're they're just they, they, they just go about it Um Whereas I think because, you know, a lot of, a lot of women in, in those startup environments, you know, it's maybe the insecurity of looking for, you know, that they're looking for the 100% right yeah, answer. We do. Uh, we strive for perfection. Yeah. Like men and women are different. We are different. Yeah. That's what makes us so unique and so special. And that's why we all get on. If yeah. we're all the same, it'd be boring. It'd be just boring. boring yeah. uh, but women do strive for perfection. And, you know, going back to your earlier points on the whole generation change, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's an evolution. Yeah. Okay. It's going to take time. But we have to do what we can do now and to make it better for those coming after us and to make it more of the norm. That, uh, make it more the norm of having women in senior positions, make it more of the norm that companies are able to offer flexibility, agile, you know, remote working. Make all those more of the norm, more yeah. of the culture, so that everyone will have equal opportunities. Because at the moment, you know, there isn't equal pay for, no, for equal work. Yeah. Um, and... Yes, there are a lot more challenges that women face. We are, you and I are probably still products of the women them having to stop working. Exactly, you know. And so there and is like that, that, that generation is still there. Yeah. Like when we look, when you do look at, you know, I think sometimes we don't look at at why these circumstances arrive. Like the reason that we're talking about, you know, equal pay and you know parental right or parental leave and all this sort of stuff. Is because we're talking about a, a system of work that was created very much around the guy going to work and the women minding the kids, and then the odd woman being lucky enough almost to have the opportunity mm. to work, and that somehow you know that in the end of the day, this is all about. I mean, to me, when I think of it, it's about it's 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 a family unit, and I mean, when you're talking about who's working and who's not, I mean that it should be those decisions should be about the family unit as opposed to the male part or the female part. So like, you know, when it comes to parental leave and all this sort of stuff, it shouldn't be, you know, we, we tend to kind of talk about it as a, as a, almost a right for the woman, but it's, it's kind of, it's a bit of both. Like, I mean, if, if we were treating this stuff very seriously, 
we'd be talking about how all this stuff affects, you know, women, men, the family unit and all that. Because I know, I know we've only had with Republic of Work, we've we only have one Republic of Work baby today. She's actually in the building today. Uh, Paige Brennan, uh, Frank, our general manager's daughter. But sure, I mean, when 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 Paige was being born, you know, Frank took a number of weeks off. Do you know what I mean? Because like he's a proper dad and he looks after his his daughter and. I just kind of feel like when we start, like the way kind of business and, you know, a lot of the bigger business organizations, when, they, when they're looking at these things as a female issue, it just really shows how really in the dark ages they are about. about. Yeah, it needs to be about, it's the family making a decision together where there's children concerned. We also have an ageing population. There's going yeah. to be older people that need to be taken care of. Yeah. So it's going to be the younger and the older generation. And uh, so it's down to the family unit deciding, you know, who's going to do what um, and how. And even if there's no children at all involved and there's a a husband and wife or partnership or whatever your partnership is, that um, things are more equal across the board. It's people taking more responsibility um, and men and women both need to step up and you know, accept their responsibilities. One of our our first, um, one of the first interactions we had here in Republic Work when we opened was actually, and I I know she's, she's a member of yours, Karen from Employment. And like, you know, to me, when she walked in and we were talking about her business, um, I just thought that was an incredible opportunity, you know, because you had, you had essentially, you know, somebody who had had the experience of being an executive in a company and decided to go off and have a family. And I mean, now, you know, just like anybody would, she had made that decision that, you know, well, for the good of her family, you know, the family was in a position where now now she had free time so she could work a few days a week. Do you know what I mean? And you had that dream scenario that I think most people would look for where they, the opportunity to work when they want to work and earn money for the family, mm. but also be able to be there, you know, to drop the kids to school and that sort of stuff. And like whether that happens to be the mom or the dad is... Is kind of a moot point or should be a moot point. In in Network Ireland, we find um, a a lot of our, as I said at the beginning, a lot of our members are business owners because, or they've started their own business, they're entrepreneurs. And uh, because, you know, they're taking the flexibility into their own hands. Yeah. You know, they they might have been working a long time, but they want to step out of that and start their own business and manage their own time and their own life and have the flexibility to do it their way and the way they want to do it. Yeah. If I was to ask you, kind of, I suppose, if I was to ask you, honestly, like in terms of, say, if we just stuck with Ireland and in terms of, say, the Irish business community as a whole, where do you think the issues still lie in terms of, in terms of kind of equality, you know, at, at like... Mm. You know, at a high level, you know, where where, where are we failing? Like, where do we there's, need to do better? I know there's, it's a long list. It's, it's there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot. Yes, there is a long list. Um, It's about, you know, doing every little bit. If we make any big, massive changes, I personally believe they won't stick. Yeah. So it's making the small changes and then step by step, they will become ingrained and will become normal and accepted. Um, It's on 
both sides, public, private, men, women, mm. all levels that need to get on board. Um, you know, I met um, a lady during the week who works um, in banking um, in Dublin. And one of the most difficult things she has found is, and she is a mum, mm. so this is unique to her situation as being a mum, that she the childcare situation is really, really difficult. And her husband is fully on board. Um, you know, it's equal parenting, but they both have demanding jobs and she, she loves her job and she wants yeah. it to be and and to have the travel and to do all that. But the lack of childcare and the flexibility and and unfortunately where she is a lot of her colleagues are men yeah. and don't appreciate the that she is working and wants to work so, and so that, the, the 8.39 o'clock meetings are being set not taking into account the fact that exactly. she may have a drop to do exactly. or something yeah. yes and sometimes it's her husband that can do it yeah. but it's equally it's equal sometimes she has to do it sometimes he does it and that's fine but there is that underlying that yeah, you know her being a woman that she's the one you know being the mum and doing all the parenting course, responsibilities yeah. and that is uh, you know, look down on a little bit. So, on there is still that men's club. Yeah. Um, and so that's then the responsibility of the men to be more open, and to make the men to make it more acceptable for the men to be doing yeah, exactly. the parenting. Yeah. And that that's okay. That yeah. it's not all down to the woman. The, the, the man that should is, be okay. And you know yeah. the whole parental leave where the, they brought in the two weeks, yeah. four weeks for the men to do it and the stats are that the men aren't taking it. Yeah, because um, my own perception of that is that men possibly see it as a weakness that yeah. if they suddenly take two weeks off to mind and spend time with their children that um, it's it seen as a weakness. It's not something yeah. that to be done. Whereas women have been doing it for years. Yeah. We've had to take the time out to have a child and then get back and work a little bit harder to pursue our yeah. careers. And, um, and again, that's a huge benefit of Network Ireland that you can rely on and fall back on the support there to keep you going. Yeah. You know, and then if you are um, a parent that you have the, you're not taking it all on at home as well that you have the, yeah, the support within the house uh, as a family unit as well. Yeah. So, And that's just covering the the child care situation. Yeah. Um, of course, there's the equal pay legislation that's yeah. going to be coming in. I mean, it's a bit ridiculous it's, that we're even having this conversation. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that it's... Con- it, like it's I find it hard to imagine, like, what exactly is the, uh, you know, the other side argument? Yeah. It's like, you know, a referendum that's going to pass 100%, but yet you're still funding, you know, a no a no side of the campaign. I mean, surely there is no argument to be said yeah, why there shouldn't be equal pay. Like It's it's equal pay for equal work. It's just a, a basic. Yeah. Um, and so, look, I mean, I guess the gender pay legislation will go some way towards it, but it really should be a simple um, equal pay, equal work. Yeah. Um, and I think the likes of mentoring and coaching certainly would help give women the more confidence to step up and to ask for what it is that they want to get out yeah. of their own employment and their own businesses as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of the, one of the interesting ones I suppose you hear an awful lot about is the idea of um, the board representation mm. and stuff like that. And I mean, that's one in particular I 
I find it hard to get. I mean, I, I suppose I, I kind of, I kind of get it. I mean, you know, nowhere, nowhere in the boys' club of of business, you know, does having the board seat kind of that's that's part that's part of that world. But I mean, for me, you look at any business and you surely go, well, we're now in a world where probably more than 50% of the decision of the consumers who are deciding to buy our product are going to be women. Mm. So like, why would we be sitting there with, you know, 12 men on our board of directors who have mm. no connection to, you know, the large part? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, crazy yeah, talk. Yeah. Uh, women are the main decision makers in their own businesses mm. and in their homes. Yes, they're making the consumer decision choices. And yeah, I'm a big uh, believer and a big pusher of the um, getting more women onto board, but they mm. need to get the information as well. And there's yeah. a lot of good work being done out there, yeah. but they need to get the information down to, you know, across the board, all women. And, you know, boards can be a little tricky because when you think about the larger corporate boards, you know, there are certain skill sets yeah. that are required. You need to identify the, um, what's needed within a board and then go after it. Mm. But you have to actively target women for those positions too. It's come to, it, it, you know, in order to get more across the board. Because um, men and women, they are, as I said, we're, they're, everyone's different mm. and everyone has a different thought process and everyone's opinion and everyone's viewpoint is, is equal and equally valid. Um, and in order for women to think about the whole going on board, you know, we've asked this question within Network Ireland and a lot of it, they don't even know how, they don't yeah. even know where. And of course, you've the state boards, um, oh, public yeah. appointments, yeah. that and that is of uh, very much um, pushing a you know a female you know diversity yeah. agenda there, um, and but you've got voluntary boards as well. So you know you can start off start on a voluntary board on something you're passionate about, something where you want to give back and that you're interested in, yeah. whether she or sport or charity, um, and and then you know. You can consider the the state boards are always yeah. looking for um, female yeah. and representation. That's, that's I went to and an event about that yeah. last year. You've the stateboards.ie website where mm-hmm. they list it, and it's, I mean, I suppose no, it's no more difficult than applying for a job, really. You know, in in yeah. terms of the process. And if it's something you're interested in, yeah, um, and you kind of have to take a little bit responsibility yourself to go and do something about it yeah. and you know and, and to give back and then I mean the corporate boards and at that level a bit of experience of yeah. course would be helpful with that and an expertise within your area and of course it does come down to connections yeah. and you know earlier you spoke about networks and about you know and doing business and how doing business has changed and it really is about connecting with people and who you connect with and through networks and I find that this year you just never know who you're going to meet yes exactly. and how you're going to connect with somebody and how they can help you or how you can help them and or how they can connect on to somebody else you know and that comes back to the whole board side of things as well um, and through the speakers that you can meet you know you've Anne O'Leary who's a speaker at the events yeah. um, D Forbes who's speakers you know and all of them are of the great advocates, certainly of the West Cork branch in particular of, course, of Network Ireland. Um, you know, and they are nobody, everybody, at the end of the day, people are human. People are people. Yeah. 
and you just have to and that's the way I've always viewed things mm. I've worked um, I trained with Ernst Young as a chartered accountant and you've all levelled within that you know and I was going into companies dealing with CFOs or CEOs and at the end of the day while I had a job to do you know there, there are people and once yeah. you treat them as such um, and you know with professionalism of yeah. course then you can you can get by and get through an awful yeah. lot it's one of the ones actually we were talking about it on on a previous episode of the podcast it's one of the great things about Ireland is is we are a we're very good at networking and b you know th- to a certain degree like on a global scale the networks are still quite small and like we were saying we were talking here about Cork and the fact that like you know if you were a a young entrepreneur, a young person just getting started in business, like, you know, pretty much anybody that you'll ever read about in the paper or any successful figure that you might look up to, you're probably one step away from being able to have a cup of coffee with them. You know, I know that, as you mentioned earlier, people like Anne O'Leary and D Forbes, you know, like right there at the top of the Irish business community. And I'm pretty sure if you sent them a message on Twitter or LinkedIn or something like that, you know, again, assuming that you were willing to wait for the opportunity and that you were respectful of their time. But like, you know, that's the great thing. I always I remember always saying one of the, the great advantages that Irish business people had whenever you'd go to somewhere like Silicon Valley or something like that was that, you know, every, every one of them is getting 100 requests a day in these companies, you know, for, oh, we'd love to meet you for a coffee. But only an Irish person can say to them, you know, will you go for a pint after work, you know. And uh, that was that was your secret way to get into Facebook or Google or Microsoft or anywhere. Because every American is always curious about what's it exactly like to go for a drink with an Irish person, you know. And that's, and that's how many of my friendships and relationships, you know, on the West Coast of America were born. But it is, it's, it's I often think, you know, you, you, I often find, you know, kind of younger entrepreneurs around Cork, you know, giving me a shout saying, oh, you know, you know Pat Phelan or you know Liam Casey or you know such a person or you know Anne O'Leary, you know, could you connect me? And I'm like, I could, but actually, do you know what, it would look much more impressive, like if if it looked like it was coming from you, you know, in terms of, because that's that's what business is about. It's 90% of business is about building relationships mm. and building connections. And, you know, I think, I think maybe, you know, years ago, that was, you know, that was a, a very uh, kind of almost like a male-orientated skill because obviously an awful lot of women were in the home and, and I'm going back now, like way back, like, but I mean, the funny thing about it is that sort of like the thing about networking is, is that networking is far more about kind of emotional intelligence and understanding what you have to give, what what you can give somebody and what they can get from you and that sort of stuff. And I think that's why women do make much better networkers um, than than men. And I think the maybe the, the, the trick is, you know, obviously, and what you do so well in Network Cork is that, you know, you are Network Ireland. It's not just, you know, it's not just kind of like a, a women's only club for doing business within that circle. Like it's about how to make, how to give your members the skills to actually be able to operate in, you know, the the entire business community, not just kind of a, a female first business community yeah, or something. Exactly. And by being in our, any of our branches around the country, you'll know what's going on in the business world. Yeah. You know, and you will meet fascinating speakers and fascinating people and, and you know what's going on. That was a huge thing for me when I joined the Cork branch was I got to know, it was like a fast track of what's going on in Cork. 
who are the people, you know, who to connect with, what's happening on the ground, like what's happening in business. Twitter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and that meant a huge lot, while at the same time developing friendships. You know, and I would have joined other chain. Um, networks within Cork I would have joined a few of them in fact you know and some of them uh, I may as well just been been hanging out with my dad yeah. <laughs> uh, you know and, and some of them have changed as well along yeah. the way but it's like you know I, I didn't need my dad's network I needed yeah. my own network exactly Yeah. you know um, and you know, I'm going just going back earlier. You know, you mentioned about the the changing world of of business and men and women, and you know, flexibility is key. And you would have mentioned Karen O'Reilly, one of our members, uh, who's uh, changing from employee mom to employee flex. In fact, yeah. um, so that you know, the whole flexibility, remote working, agile working, um, is is important to everyone. Oh, absolutely. And it will. It, that's a big change in how we do business. And as a business owner as well, you know, that is a big change. And uh, and technology, of course, is a massive uh, part to play in that. Because as well, you don't want to be commuting all the time. Now in Cork, the commute really, to be fair, yeah. is non-existent yeah. compared we to like Dublin. To, we like to give out, we, but... Yes, I was in Dublin for two days this um, and it just... There, there's no the cork hasn't a patch on the traffic yeah. in Dublin, you know, and that's crazy. Because so you know, and that comes down to just being sane in your daily yeah. life. We're not, you know, you don't want to live to work yeah. all the time, and yeah. and you do want we've we've one chance of life on this planet, yeah. and you have to make the most of it, you know, and you don't spend all your time in a car. So this a small thing like flexibility going into work a little mm. bit later staggered the times who really needs to be in work from 9 to 5 certain jobs of course mm. they're front yeah. facing they need it of course but in the practical terms of things and people are online now a lot more of course mm. you have to respect that yeah. and we can't be demanding of um, employees or to be, staff yeah, to, be to be able always to, on and always to be connected, always on yeah. you have to respect that as well so it, it's changing we need to be very mindful of of each other and how we want to work and how we yeah. want to be treated and then and manage people you know because it is because one of the things that one of the funny arguments that I always you always find when somebody makes this argument it it says a lot more about them than the issue but is you know the idea of flexible work work from home and somebody turning around and kind of saying, oh, but you're like, how how will I know that they're not just sitting there in their pajamas all day on Facebook? And I'm going, well, like, if you're worried about your employees in that terms, you probably have a much bigger issue because like where we are very much. And I mean, again, it, it'll be a generational thing as well. But I mean, people want to work they at want stuff to work. now that they enjoy mm. working at. You yeah. know, we're, we're, we're long gone from the industrial revolution days of, you know, mm. we're all at an at a a conveyor belt assembly assembling line. something. Mm. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, call a spade a spade. It's just as easy for somebody to sit at a computer on Facebook in work as it is outside work. But outside, you know, by by giving them that freedom to work a little bit of time from home. And I mean, it's not, it also doesn't have to be the biggest deal in the world. I know that that my, my dad, for instance, is, a, is an architect and he works for um, a big American company, Jacobs Engineering down in Mahan. And they do a very basic thing, which is they work kind of, I think they work from like 8 o'clock to 5.30, Monday to Thursday. But they do that so that the entire company finishes at 2 o'clock on a Friday. Mm. And that little bit of extra time that they get on a Friday evening 
So that changes the entire weekend for everybody working there because it means that, you know, instead of them arriving home at seven o'clock on a Friday night, they get two and a half days of a weekend, you know? And I think some companies, I think they, they you know, the fact that they don't trust their employees enough to actually be able to even explore the concept. I mean, it's a very easy thing to say to somebody, okay, let's try this, you know, let's let's try letting you work from home one day a week. And sure, you look at it and you kind of go, well, were they more productive in work or out of work? And, you know, in the end of the day, I think the future of work is going to always, is, is just the very nature of the fact that, you know, our future millennial workforce are going to change careers seven or eight times in their life mm-hmm. means that the future work is essentially almost going to be, okay, it's the 1st of October. Here is a pile of work. You need to have this finished by the end of October. Kind of how and when you choose mm-hmm. to complete the work there's more freedom in it than you must sit at your desk and you must be sitting there from nine to five, you know, almost regardless of what you do. How we worked traditionally, the traditional skills you had in the workplace have changed and being able to embrace change and being adaptable and technology, you know, that's where we all need to be and we might need um, support and skills to be able to embrace that and maximise that. Um, and, you know, for, for the benefit of all, while in turn, of course, companies still need to make need to make money. Of course. Yeah. Um, in order to, you know, it's um, the whole circle of life, yeah. the circle of business, keeping things going well, I think, around. I think, as you mentioned there, I think the one, the probably the biggest change that's happened, obviously, is that the that technology layer now that exists, that that's the bit that kind of fixes, you know, if you went 20 years back, the idea of somebody working from home, you know, what do you do? Do you ring them every now and again? Whereas now, I mean, sure, for, for most, say, large companies, you know, if you take a company, say, the size of Apple or the size of Dell or Amazon or one of these, you know, if you have two employees having a conversation, sir, they could be in two completely, you know, one one Dell employee is sitting in Citygate, one Dell employee is sitting out in ovens. So, like, what's the difference between one of them sitting in their house in McCroom? I know... Um, from talking to um, a colleague of mine in ITT, Cork Gillian Bergen, who, who works down in Dell, like they're getting into the whole um, flexible working in a huge way. They have they have a very lofty goal, I think, in three or four years where almost one in five employees on a daily basis globally will be working from home. But what they've done then to make that a reality is they have, um, I guess they have a remote working support group. So they actually have a, they run a coffee morning every week where everybody dials in and gets, I suppose, gets the gossip as to what's going on in the <laughs> office. They run a lot of of online workshops. You know, how do you conduct meetings via Skype? You know, how do you run brainstorming meetings? How do you do employee appraisals? So they're 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 building a skill set for their employees yeah. around remote yeah. working. They're not just kind of saying. Off you go to oh, home there. Yeah. And, and and you know, Network Ireland and our members have been trailblazing the way mm-hmm. in flexible working because we've taken control of it ourselves. Yeah. And our members have gone out and started their own businesses and established themselves as SME owners so that they can get the flexibility within their work, course, that yeah. they can call the shots, while at the same time by going to Network Ireland events and meeting the other members, mm-hmm. they're connecting and supporting other members to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we're, we've been already trailblazing that path. No, 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 I, wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine anything others. So in terms of, say, I mean, where are we now? We're, we're kind of 
it's hard to say we're not getting to the end of 2019 yet that's not what's happening people will have to get over a long way to go that. yet I know Brown Thomas have their Christmas shops open but there's a long way to go yet when when I see Halloween <laughs> in the shops and my son and my yeah. five year old sees them I'm like I'm not talking to you about Halloween yeah. for another five or six Halloween, weeks I'm not Christmas, talking to you about this. it so yeah. I mean the end say between now and the end of the year for Network Ireland in general like is there have you so much more on or the um, biggest thing that's happening in the next two weeks in two weeks time is the Network Ireland National Conference and Business Woman of the Year Awards oh, wow. yeah. so I'm uh, from the Cork branch and as yeah. national president I get to bring the national conference and awards yeah. to Cork oh fantastic so I'm hosting them in the Celtic Roth Hotel in Rothcarbury and yeah. bringing um, there will be no pressure right. on any staff no, members no, that night. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> uh, we thrive on it at the Celtic Ross Hotel. Uh, so there'll be women from across the country coming down to West Cork, to the Wild Atlantic Way and experiencing yeah. uh, West Cork produce and hospitality at the best while um, being at our conference and meeting other like-minded women, um, you know, building confidence, seizing opportunities, uh, learning and hearing from motivational, inspirational speakers throughout the day. It's on the 27th of September. Mm. And that night, we celebrate the very, very best of our members. So each branch during the year hosts their own branch awards. And then the winners of those go are um, uh, pitted against their counterparts throughout the country and then one winner is chosen from each so we've eight categories and uh, and that's a fantastic gala awards event taking place on that night then the rest of the year it's um, back to business the branches host events every month in their branches some branches will host two a month across the country and uh, for Network Ireland we'll be busy planning the next year ahead the next three years we have a strong yeah. succession in place within Network Ireland at a national level yeah. and and that's very important to us to always be feeding through the pipeline as they say exactly yeah because I mean it is that's important in organisations you know that that you don't have um, you don't have a blip because you've an you know an incredibly strong national team you know for a couple of years and then you know just through yeah because we're all we're we're all just so passionate about it. It's voluntary. Yeah, Everything exactly, we do at a branch and national well, level yeah. is voluntary. And everyone is just so passionate about it. And they've all got so much from it. I, yeah. I would not be where I am today without Network Ireland and the support that I get. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I call it my tribe from... And it's from across the country and especially here in the Cork branch. And then, of course, even more recently in the West Cork branch. I'm particularly blessed. Of course. I've got two branches uh, behind me. Um, And and even in the business world and in the friendships that I've made, so both personally and professionally, Network Ireland has uh, contributed a huge amount to Mm. who I am today. And if so, I mean, for those listening, I mean, obviously, if they want to find out more about Network Ireland, well, you're pretty much everywhere, but I assume yeah, the so easiest way to is to go to the website and social yeah. media channels. NetworkIreland.ie. And we have social media channels on yeah. Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, and LinkedIn. All over. Listen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. 